You believe in miracles? Got Fizzle in the house. Fizzle, what's good, man? Fizzle, glad to have you here. Let's go. This the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you here today. Hit that Patreon link if you here to stay. Dynasty best ball, that's my favorite way. 40 chess trade show. Let's make a trade today or check the AMA. You know Adam at the ATM. Mike always in the building. He gonna stay with him. They gonna start every show off with their own trade. Fantasy's a big ocean, they made their own wave. Make sure you tapping in Tuesdays and Saturdays. Tuesday night, Saturday morning, ain't no better way. Hit that notification bell when the news break. Go subscribe right now, don't get the news late. Destination Devi, that's the team. Dynasty football, man, that's my favorite thing. I remember Biggie said it was all a dream. Now people watching on their phones and computer screens. Welcome to the team. Tuesday night AMA, we are back. This time, hopefully, for longer than uh, nine and a half minutes, man. That's how you know Derek Brown is one of the best, too, because went through all that bullshit last week, and he still said, you know what? I'll be back next week. We got to do this right. So big thanks to Derek for coming back. Adam, did you feed the fucking hamsters, man? Have you fed them? Are we good to go? I fed them a lot, man. Ho- hopefully, they're not overfed, because I-, I wanted to make sure we went a lot longer than nine and a half minutes. Um, they're moving. They're good. Uh, we got Fizzle in the house already with a super chat. It's the South Harmon Podcast. Glad you're here today. Had the hamsters with me cooking up another song earlier. Oh, okay. Fizzle, if you if you drop another song, we're ready for it. I already told you guys this last time. Uh, one of the few things we got through on the nine minutes. Fizzle's going to be at the expo. But without further ado, D-Bro, back again for another week, even though we, uh, you know, we only gave him nine minutes last week. What's going on, man? We're glad to have you back, buddy. Hey man, you accomplish anything in nine minutes. Least, you know that's that's the motto. So nah, man, look, we talked about it this uh, pre-show. Feels like it's been longer in a week, baby. But I'm I'm glad to be back in the house. Um, I did not mean to do this, but rocking some DD gear, you know how it goes. Um, how you boys doing? We talk some trades, say some questions. Like what's up? I mean, Fizzle's popping off all this money. I mean, keep rolling up the bank account, Fizzle. I love it, baby. Yeah, yeah, don't don't stop here. Fizzle, you know, is putting us on. We're, we're that that intro he made us is fire. Uh, yeah, we're gonna talk. We're gonna talk trades. We're gonna talk whatever the questions are that are in here. Um, but D bro, let me ask you. We, we kind of talked about this a little bit uh, last time before we were rudely cut off by my internet, uh, by me, you could call it. But um, we were kind of walking through some trades that you had made and some of the second round guys and how you weren't all that down on the twenty three class relative to consensus. Um, I remember you were kind of talking a little bit about the receivers. I don't know if there was anything further you wanted to get into or kind of rehash with the 23 class, some of the trades you've made, um, especially like in the second round you were mentioning. I mean, I feel like these players are the easiest to trade for in recent memory, man. It's just like everybody hates this damn class, and you could see it from how easy it was to trade into. If you could still got rookie drafts coming up, just take this, write it down, put it up there on the on the wall and stare at it, you know. 
but the thing about it is, is that this class is easy to trade into, man. You can get in the second round for pennies and stuff. Like, you toss somebody a 24 second, doesn't matter where it's going to be, and a 24 third, which that shit's a dart throw anyway. You could probably trade into the mid mid second round into this class into a rookie draft, like not even breaking a sweat, man. And like, yeah. for a lot of the players that are in that range, you know, like that doesn't make any sense to me. You know, you got second round wide receivers in that range. You got some tight ends that I'm actually taking. Like, I don't want let Laporta fall into the second round, but that's just me, you know. But with with these players that like, if everybody in consensus is is wrong about this shit, and this class plays better than what people are expecting, because we we touched on this last time, but I want to hit it again, man. It's like we got over analysis paralysis going on. Like, I feel like the last two classes everybody's built up to be like, man, they're going to be awesome. This shit's going to be off. Like, it's going to be great. They're going to be fantastic. All these dudes are going to blow up, and the class gets here, and you popping off rookie drafts, and everybody's like, man, I don't like this class that much. <laughs> yeah. next, ne- next year's class is going to be the class that you really want to get into. So trade out of this and go at that class, because this one, this one's terrible. And I'm like, did this shit two years in a row, man. Like, y'all wrong about Christian Watson. Y'all wrong about a lot of players in that last class. Like, yeah, some of them didn't fire, but very few just absolutely just fell on their face. Like, right. we still got hope for Traylon Burks. All those first-year wide receivers, whether you want to talk about Olave, Watson, um, Wilson, all these dudes. Chris, I mean, like, all these – Drake London. All these guys give you flashes like they are really damn good. So, out of this class, say, like – you got all these second round wide receivers. Jaden Reed, you've got um off the top of my head here. Jaden Reed, you got Rasheed Rice. Who else am I missing here? Jonathan Marvin Mims. Mingo. I'm not about no Mingo life, but Marvin Mims. That's yep. three second round wide receivers right there that, depending on consensus, could have gone anywhere from like the 203, the 205, all the way to the back end of the damn second round. And it's yes. like people are so divided on this class, and most people hate this class. Like, it's very rare when you hear conviction out of people like, nah, man, you know what? I love this. I love this guy. I want him. I want to trade in. I want to get a few of these guys. And that's just where I'm at, man. Maybe that's just the DFS mindset in me. But I feel like overall, people are shitting on this class. And as much hate as it's gotten, if this class does turn out and, and has, produces a few studs, People are going to be hating themselves that they traded a mid-23 first for what turned into a late 24 first. And maybe some change and stuff like that. But you know what? Maybe yes. I'm drinking too much of my own damn Kool-Aid. What do y'all think about it? No, I think I think you make some great points. I mean, I, I think especially at a certain point, like at 107, I know people are kind of, whether it's 107, 108, 109, yeah, just trade out, get to the 24 first. I think and, that's 110, to be honest. Okay, then let's, let's say it's 110. Yeah, let's say it's 110. When you get to a certain point, people are basically like, I don't want any of these players. I don't want to bet on them. Okay. Mm-hmm. But the, the reason that 22, the great point that you made, Debra, which is a lot of great points, but one I wanted to talk about was 22 after the class happened, right? Because Kenny Pickett was the only quarterback that went in the first round. Everyone basically said, this class has failed you. Before they even started, right? Before they started, they said the class failed you. And the thing that was wrong was that there was a bunch of receivers that were really good. Now, this class, as far as prospects, maybe doesn't level up one for one with those guys. But look at how many guys that we said that we weren't really excited for. Mike and I, until Jay Rich had to talk us into Chris Olave, right? 
there's so many receivers in this class last year that you see also have like value retention because they are rookies and because once you see it enough on the field, people are going to give them another year or two to perform. I think there's going to be some guys undoubtedly in the second round range that are going to be hyper values compared to what they're trading for. Uh, so I, I can't disagree with that part of what you're making at all, Debro, personally. Mike, what do you think? Can it be both, in my opinion? like The class is not bad by any stretch of the imagination. I don't think it's junky at all. Is it disappointing, though, from what we thought it was going to be, what it was promised? Like, I thought we were going to have three, four, five second-round running backs or early-day three running backs where I go, man, I know this dude just walking right into a role. Man, I love his talent in college. I love his prospect profile. Instead, we got a handful of guys, and I'm sitting here, and now I got to make the decision where I go, is Tajay Spears really that much worse than Zach Charbonnet? Maybe. But at the end of the year, if you find out that Tajay Spears was the best running back who got the similar draft capital, I'm not going to be shocked at all. Same thing where, like, I'm trying to make the bet. I love Roshan Johnson as a prospect. But then you see the draft mm-hmm. capital and you go, oh, well, I still like him. But, damn, why couldn't you go in the third round? Why can't you go in the second round? Why couldn't you go here? It's kind of the same thing with the wide receivers. It just becomes very convoluted where it's not as good and clear cut as we thought it was going to be. Like we we had projected, you know, Tank Bigsby is an absolute unit. He's going to go to a smash landing spot. You know, he's a, he's a stud. We projected Kendra Miller, he, Devin, Devon H.A. Instead, we only got a handful of these guys, and then they all end in like similar spots, spots that are like convoluted that we don't really know. That's probably the problem is because after Zay Flowers sits there, at least in my opinion, I'm not all aboard this Dalton Kincaid like hype rocket that's been going on. But after that, I sit there and I go, damn, man, after Will Levis goes, because I want to shoot my shot on quarterbacks in super flex leagues, especially guys who go in early part of the second round, like I'm willing to make that bet for what the cost is. After that, Mm -hmm. in the next 14, 15 picks, they can go in any order and none of it's crazy to me. None of it. And that's probably the shittiest part about the class. Not that they're bad players, but I got to make that decision, right? I got to trust what I what I hear from Ray, right? His breakdown on I got to trust my gut. I got to make the decision on it. It's not so clear cut and easy for me. Where like last year's class, while it was junky, because we had one quarterback. Let's think about it. We had one first round quarterback worth of shit. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to talk ourselves into Malik Willis and the early mid part of the second round in super flex drafts which is a horrible bet to make Oof, it was a junkie oh. it was a junkie ass class but the good thing about the junkie ass class it was like i know what picks are going bing bang bang boom and i'm gonna get jahan dotson or i'm gonna get george pickens every single time at the 111 the 112 the 201 wherever the hell i wanted to take them it's a slam dunk this class it's like i could get devon a chain at you know the 205 sometimes or Somebody really likes them, and they take them at the 110, and I go, damn. Damn, that was like the guy that I wanted. Now I got to uh, talk myself into Tajay Spears, talk myself into Tank Bigsby. So I think that's my problem with the class. It was projected but, to be a lot more clear-cut and better. It's not that the players are bad or the landing spots are really that bad. They're just very convoluted, and it's hard to sort through the whole thing. Well, I go think, ahead, bro. I, I, I want to throw something else out here. I think in the next few years we need to, and and I think this has already started. I've already started to kind of change my, my tune as far as how I kind of look at some of this, like does draft capital still matter a ton? Yes. Does draft capital still matter as much for running backs? 
yes and no, and I'm only going to push back and say no because, yes, we still get guys in the first round, but there are very few and far between, and they are it is only a handful of them. And nine times out of ten, everybody in, in the NFL and Dynasty community, everybody shits on the team that ever takes them in the first round anyway, so whatever. But I think we need to start looking at this as the second round is the new first round, the new third round is the new second round, and so on and so forth. Because you're seeing guys get pushed down the boards because the NFL does not value this position. So if the NFL overall, outside of certain outlier spots where we could cherry pick and say, Dave Gettleman's an idiot. Oh, the Lions, what the fuck are they doing? Outside of those tiny cherry pick spots, how many guys like all these second round running backs have smashed in the last few years? Third round guys come out of the woodwork. Fourth round guys come out of the woodwork. They might not have more than a year's shelf life. And I'm not telling you like last year when Tyler Algier down the stretch was blowing it out. Was that time for you to have drafted him maybe in the third round? Because he wasn't going high last year. You could have drafted him in the third round and flipped him in season for maybe a, a second round pick. Maybe you threw something in with him and got a first from somebody or whatever that was going forward and said, you know what? He's the dude. I need a guy. Let's go. That needs to change, though. And I think the longer we get this extenuated circumstances of running backs coming out of the woodwork and producing, whether it immediately or in their second years, that get draft capital, that's like top four rounds, I think we're going to have to adjust how we're looking at this as well. Because the NFL has adjusted but I don't feel like the conversation in Dynasty has adjusted far enough. Like, just when Mike was talking about Roshan in the fourth round, I'm like, fuck it, I don't care. Give me Roshan. I'll take him in the mid-second. Like, I believe in my my prospect evaluation. I got that dude above Tank Bigsby. I got him above Kendra Miller. I got him above Devon A-Chain. I got him above Tajay Spears. Roshan, I got as my RB4. Because just like you talked about, Mike, you could throw those guys in a similar bucket, but there's also a lot of people out there that would say, those are third-round running backs, and this is a fourth-round guy. So I'm going to put him below there because of a lot of a draft capital. And I'm like, you could do that? I'm not going to do it. That, that, that That's a fair uh, argument, especially with the running back and the draft capital, because the league is shifting. We've, we've seen that now. Um, we saw Jameer Gibbs go at 12, and we saw that, that them erupt in the war room because they were going to take him at six. But those are the, the special, special talents. When you talk about guys that, like Debro's talking about, round two being round three, I'm – I think there's definitely a need to have a real discussion about that. But but I actually kind of want to bridge the gap between this here because I think the 22 class, right? Mike, you kind of talked about it was already supposed to not have the same hype that 23 had. And I think that's part of why last year didn't feel as bad. But now this year, because 23 felt bad, I think people are even leaning into it further, which brings up the point that, okay, last year in the second round, everyone wanted to get out for the most part. But this year, I think what's interesting is even with all the people that, um, you know, Zach Evans didn't get great, great draft capital or landing spot. Like there's a lot of guys that got pushed down the board. But here's the thing. I think it's gone so far that in the second round, a lot of it's league dependent. Mike, you talked about how sometimes A-Chain is going to go 110, sometimes he's going to go 205. In your league and a lot of these drafts, I've seen spots where as I see an A-Chain fall, I'm like, man, he's sitting here at 205. Like I don't even have, I didn't even think I had a chance to go get him. But maybe I can send a player, right, to someone for two hundred five. They're just so ready to get out of the second round, not even worrying about that. It's Javon A. Chain. That's the thing I think that actually makes 
the 23 class to the point Debro's making where we're all kind of on the same page. It really is league dependent where, man, if I can get Devon Aitchin at the 205, there's a lot of players on my teams everywhere that I'll send for that 205 all of a sudden. And because yep. it's not as clear cut, that's what makes a lot of the second round buys for me when I've done it. You know, you well, know yeah. what really proves this point for me? Really proves a point for me. I do a shit ton of leagues, man. 32, 33, 34, whatever the hell it is at this point. All the rookie drafts are done except for maybe one, and it's a C2C league, so it's not really the same thing. All the rookie drafts are done, Adam. I think I only had one trade up in the second round. Me. What you were just talking about with, with A-Chain falling. I think it proves the point to me, though, that the class is is good. It's deep. It's just it's hard for me to want to trade up into those spots. It is probably very easy to do. I just don't have the conviction like you were talking about with A-Chain. If I saw him there at the 205, I'm never thinking to myself, I got to trade up to go get this guy. Like, I have to. Because I look at it, what we were just talking about, I'm like, oh, shit, Roshan's still on the board. Oh, Tank is still on the board. Shit, I can get one of these guys. I'm coming up at the 211. I'll just I'll just take one of these dudes. Like, I'm but, comfortable with him. I'm fine with it. You take Jade so Reed if he falls to the 209 or some shit. Like, take the last right. guy to that long Maybe. tier. It's a, it's a second round wide receiver with top 50 draft capital, which analytically, if you want to look into those data, those metrics on it, those guys usually do fairly well. Now, if he's outside this top 50 in the second round, little bit more questionable but it's still a second round wide receiver so the class is deep and there's very good players i just haven't ever traded up the one time i traded up is because will levis fell to the 201 and i wanted to be an asshole and qb hoard even more than i already do so but hey if he's gonna fall to the 201 boom i'm trading up i'm taking another quarterback the other thing that i think that you've been able to do this year as well and and this is something i'm also starting to do with a lot of my dynasty teams and and wide receiver specific I give you a, a lot of these guys, unless I am like tried and true, like balls deep in on your prospect profile, and I love the player. For a lot of these guys, I, I I honestly have just been recycling second round wide receivers because it's so damn easy to do. We know that if they don't fire in their rookie seasons, that their hit rates go down, their ceilings go down, the chances of them actualizing either go down. So like this year, shit. I've been, I traded away Alec Pierce. I traded away a decent amount of Sky Moore, although I still have a lot because I was able to re roll that second round wide receiver bet in trading Pierce for straight up for the 207, the 208, and re rolling it with Jay and Reed and saying, you know what? That second round wide receiver didn't hit. I'm able to trade back into the second, maybe a little bit later than when I grabbed Pierce because I grabbed Pierce in a lot of drafts in the early second. But I'm making the same damn bet, yes. except I'm, re- I'm refreshing the clock and saying, well, we've seen one year. A lot of people still believe in this dude, and I'll say Alec Pierce because he's gotten a little bit of buzz out on the social media streets lately. Some people like him. I, I For me, I cashed out. I cashed out every single freaking team I had him, and I just re-rolled that second-round wide receiver bet on somebody this year because it was that damn easy. People were like, Shit, no, I don't want this second. You're going to give me Pierce. And I remember I liked Pierce kind of somewhat, sort of as a prospect. Uh, sure, I'll give you the 210. You go get draft Jaden Reed. Maybe Rasheed Rice falls to you or one of these other guys. Or if you believe in Jonathan Mingo. Like, yeah. that has been a really, really easy thing to do this year. And I think that that is exactly what you should have been doing too. Because, again, you don't produce in your rookie season. Hit rates, all that kind of stuff go down. Just re-roll the bet. It's too damn that- easy this year to do it. That, that point was one I was going to make. I'm glad you went first, D-Bro, because that, that is so key, right? So we we all know, like, 
let's talk Skymore for example. All right, now Skymore is probably the the worst example last year of face planner. Like he is the face planner of last season. But when we get to like two eleven type, Mike, like you're talking how some of these guys fall, right? So I traded at one point. I traded Skymore for the two eleven, and Roshan was still sitting there, one of my drafts, right? Like because at that point, Mike, it's it's not even Roshan for sometimes for people. It's basically I just want out of these picks. I want something that's a name that I don't feel as sketchy about. That's probably an extreme example. Point is, if you the, the difference there, right? Don't even use Sky Moore. Use someone that maybe isn't quite as bad. Alec Pierce. The, the point there is now, if you hit on whether it's Jaden Reed or Roshan, because we've already seen with how rookies, if they even hit, they don't even have to hit crazy. They have three weeks that are decent in the first five or eight. That yep. has a catapulting, rising like. Like that's seismic. What they can become. A Jahan Dotson is the perfect example of that because yes. Jahan Dotson. Whenever I looked at his numbers close, you could still trade Jahan Dotson for a late first, or you could have gotten a late first. Maybe you could still get a late first. You're projecting a late first in 2024. That's still possible, and that's where he went in last year's draft. But a lot of that is, if you look at the beginning of the season numbers, you're like, ah, oh, fuck. Like I don't, I don't know about all that. But then you look at when he came back from the injury and the dude was producing at a wide receiver two slash three level, then the, the, what you're exactly talking about there, Adam, is, is exactly right. You can re-roll that or you the, the value has not fallen off. And we didn't see a ton out of Jahan Dodson. Like his overall season numbers, you wouldn't be like salivating just looking at that and being like, damn, I got to trade for that guy. But <laughs> yes, it's true. His value held or is holding just based off of those last few weeks, which I'm in on it, but it's still a truth. Yeah, I'm with you. Mike, Mike, any, any, any further thoughts on this topic before we get into questions? Cause we got, we, they're, they're, they're brewing here, man. Just, just yeah, last one. Man. We got D bro on, we got a new perspective. Where are you at with this Dalton Kincaid thing? Are you, are yeah. you team Dalton Kincaid? Are you driving the bus or are you more like me? Like sitting back on what the, what the hell are we doing? man? <laughs> like, what are we doing so, with the Dalton Kincaid thing? I, I'll say this, I'm driving the bus slash riding on the bus slash I'm okay if I get a ticket to the later bus. Mm -hmm. And in saying all of that crazy shit, like, yes, I will take Dalton Kincaid in the first. I will take him in the first. Yeah. I do believe in the talent. And the thing about it is, is that we talk about the drop off of this class and stuff. Once you get past those first round wide receivers that all went, Fuck yes. it. Give me Dalton Kincaid. Screw it. Give me Sam Laporta. I will take both of those guys, and I have taken them at the back end of the first. Because I don't make these kind of bets on tight ends, especially like I, before this class, I was always like, man, y'all are stupid. I'm not trading into the first round. I'm not drafting no damn tight end in the first round of a rookie draft. But this year's class, and I'm not cherry-picking guys, but it's different. You have guys with elite upside profiles that got really damn good draft capital. And I think it's different, man. So it's some of it. Yes. Could you sit here and say, okay, I'm cherry picking these prospects. Yes. But if we're not doing that on some prospect evals and we're not willing to sit here and stand behind the work that we're doing and saying, I believe in this player, then one, what the fuck are you doing? Right. I, I don't really get it, man. Like, because for me, I'll stand behind my prospect evals. I'll stand behind the profiles that I do because you're doing the work. And if you're not willing to do that, then what are you doing? You're wasting your time and everybody else's time that's sitting here following anything that you're saying. So for me, yes, I'm willing to sit here and put my name behind it. I am drafting Dalton Kincaid in the first round. I have taken yeah. Sam Laporta as high as the back end of the first round. 
They have high-end athletic profiles. Yes, I know Dalton Kincaid did not test everything analytically I can look at. Yards per outrun, receiving grades, yards per outrun versus man coverage, which is one of the best tellers and prognosticators of elite upside at the tight end position. Him and Laporta check those damn boxes. So, yes, I'm making those bets. But I, I get yeah. the pushback on it, but those are the bets I'm making. The, the pushback I have, I don't think it's the, the first round at all because I'm with you, especially in leagues that are start two tight end or 1.75 tight end premium. Yeah. Easy. What you said, man, after you get past Zay Flowers, and, and for me, after I get past Will Levis and the quarterback advantage in Superflex, I'm taking the tight ends all day. And I do have Kincaid. Even though I'm a Laporta guy, I have Kincaid. He got the first-round draft capital with Josh Allen. Like, that means something. But yep. Mayer, Laporta, both very good options as well. Both worthy of being taken at the 111, 112, 201. The problem I have is with, especially with Dalton Kincaid and Adam and I are looking at it. I mean, keep trade cut is not the Bible as far as values go, but this man is up there pushing George Kittle. He is pushing TJ Hawkinson. He is pushing. He's over comfortably over Dallas Goddard, David and Joku, Pat Fryermuth, like tight ends that have produced at a level that I'm going. This this feels uh, like we're over our skis, man. This, I mean, Dalton Kincaid is good, no question about it. I'm not here to shit on him. Like he has very good metrics. I was very shocked when I found out in my C2C like leagues last year that I had so much Dalton Kincaid. I honestly thought I was drafting the other tight end. This is how bad I am in C2C leagues. I thought I was drafting the other tight end <laughs> at Utah. On. Oh, uh, Scooty. <laughs> yeah, Scooty. So, yeah. So I did have a lot of Dalton Kincaid, but. You know, you, you go in your C2C league and you see every single week Dalton Kate's putting on massive numbers in that game versus USC. He was ridiculous. ridiculous. They couldn't stop him. They tried right. to and they couldn't stop him, man. I'm right. like, he, and so I, I want to bring up one other point, I, and I love Laporta. I put him and Dalton Kincaid are in the same damn tier. So when you talk about am I driving the Dalton Kincaid bus, the other part about it is like, why take the early bus when I could take the later bus? Well, what I mean by that is like, there's times where I've traded back out of like the late first because I know that I value Sam Laporta higher than all the other people in my damn league. So I can trade back a spot or two, pick up some extra equity or whatever you want to say, however you want to construct that trade, or you did construct that trade. I did that in a lot of leagues because I'm like, well, everybody's worried about Dalton Kincaid's playing time. Well, okay. Well, so why don't I just trade back and, I firmly believe that Sam Laporta has the same type of ceiling as Dalton Kincaid, except he's not as expensive in rookie drafts. Um, he got similar draft capital. Don't, I don't, nobody don't come at me with like the second round versus <laughs> right. the first round. We're talking about handful was, of damn picks. Don't exactly it, early second. Like, I mean, come on, right? That doesn't matter to me. So, like for me, if I could trade back from the late first and still get Laporta at the beginning of the second, or even go from like one ten to one twelve and pick up something in the process. That is a move I've been firmly making because the, the questions we have about Dalton Kincaid's playing time, you ain't got that with Sammy Ballgame. Who the hell is going to stand in front of him for a full-time <laughs> damn role, man? That was, was deep, bro. going to come on this show. Dummies. He's going to come on this show and give Sam Laporta a nickname when I've been driving the damn Sam Laporta bus. Sammy Ballgame, man. Don't. Years. Don't. I mean, I, I gotta it, come man. out with t-shirts, Mike. I'll get you a tank top, baby. Yeah. I'll get you a tank top. <laughs> Let's, go. Let's go. Um, listen, man. <laughs> th th this, I, I think the main thing, though, because th this is really good discussion on the tight ends. I, I agree with D Bros' points all along. As far as this class, I think projects to be different. It's deeper. 
there's high-end upside with this class. I think the only difference really is it's not in rookie drafts. Like, I don't have any problem really with where they're going in rookie drafts. It's more so, like, if I have Dalton Kincaid, right? And I'm not going to say I don't like him or I don't like Sam Laporta. But when I've had these guys, what I've noticed is after the draft's over, people are, like, treating them as elite second, third-tier tight ends. Let's call it that, not elite ones. Mm-hmm. But they're close enough to where I can maybe add to it to get to an elite tight end. Or I can put Sam Laporta in a package and go get Jameer Gibbs. That's, I think, the crazy part about it where yeah, it's not that. necessarily that – like, I love Laporta. Um, I, I like Kincaid. I just don't necessarily love him at cost. I think you've, you kind of touched on that too, D-Bro. But t- to me, it's more so – is it worth cashing out based on fake value that we're projecting – in your league that that is probably more subjective to the league that you're playing in and what you can trade out of so if you have Kincaid at the 110 and you can't up tier to an elite tight end and you can't like there's nothing wrong with holding the guy I just want to say that I think you should at least explore is there a is there a scenario where you can up tier get some crazy value off of him today that that makes too much sense to not do so um all right Mike let's get it go ahead go ahead bro the only last part I want to mention here before we get to questions and stuff is I really think that once you get about, I mean, to be honest, guys, once you get past like tight end three, like you're talking about Kelsey Pitts Andrews. I mean, I like TJ Hawkinson. Is he going to be an elite tight end? Probably not. Jordan Addison's coming from them targets. George Kittle's getting older, and you you never know when to freaking start him. Dallas Goddard's a third part of that option of that offense. I hope Pat Fryer not made, here. No, we'll see. Um, <laughs> but the other part of that is like, who are these other guys that we have so much damn conviction at the tight end position? You know, it's like I know we talked about Aben and Joku, but after this year, his contract, Browns could cut him, and he mm-hmm. could be he could be a journeyman. Evan Ingram is is still on a franchise tag. Greg Dulcich has a new quarter, a new uh, head coach to deal with. Right. So it's like, yep. For me, after you get past that top three guys, like, I mean, I'm not up tiering for a lot of guys. Like, I'll just like, there's a lot of leagues where I've traded Pitts or I've traded a few of these guys. Like, I've traded Hawkinson or Kittle and stuff. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it, man. I'm gonna sit here and I'll have Laporta and I'll pick up somebody disgusting. Like, I'll pick up somebody like like a Dalton Schultz or who have you, or go grouping tight end and have Laporta waiting in the wings. Like, if he becomes that dude, then that's probably something I'm actualizing next year that I'm just going to kind of piece it together because overall, the tight end position in Dynasty, I feel like we were about to see a spot in Dynasty where it it totally flips. You're going to see Kittle fall down after being another year older. You're going to see Fryermuth, if he doesn't pop to a high extent this year, he's going to fall Hawkinson, if he comes back to earth with Jordan Addison being the number two in that offense, he's going to fall. Kincaid Laporta could could hop these dudes after them being another year older. And you got even Bowers coming in next year. Like, right. I think that this is a new wave and a shift in dynasty at tight end. And so while, like, I'm not willing to pay those high prices and trades and stuff for these guys – in rookie drafts, I find that those prices were not high to trade into the draft to select him. So I, I, I push that button a whole lot, as well as if I can get exposure to that, yeah, I'm making that bet because I think also the dynasty landscape for tight end is going to flip, and I think it's after this season. I, yep. I will say to 
I think I'm, we're all 100% on that board. If you can trade in to the second when it's devalued and pick up Laporta, even Mayer, um, and then you can utilize that to either hold or trade into other things, I, I think that's where you completely play 40 chess and win. So I, I think we're all on the same page there. All right, Mike. We hadn't mentioned, we hadn't mentioned a trade here real fast, but y'all tell Go me ahead. just real quick Go ahead. before we get into this. If you were to trade George Kittle for two seconds – Right before the rookie draft, people would have probably said you were stupid and you didn't get enough value. Yes. But tell me which side of a trade would you take? Would you take George Kittle or would you take Laporta and Marvin Mims? For me, it's Laporta and Marvin Mims. Mm. What do you got, Mike? This is a league-dependent format. We talk in line uh, – let's just go lineup. Okay. Set lineup. a lineup, not not premium, just straight up. Like PPR, start, start 10, start 11. Yeah, PPR, start dynasty, start 10. No tight end okay. premium? I think I'd probably be yep. comfortable doing that with no tight end premium. No tight end premium, yes. Kittle yes. for Laporta and Mims? A lot of people yeah. out there would say, shit, yeah. you didn't get enough for George Kittle. And I'm like, Correct. I feel pretty damn good about that. Yep. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. In, a, in a best ball tight end premium league, I will I will hammer the shit out of the the, the Kittle side. And it's not the look. You know, generally, I want no, to take. No, 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 but it's best ball, so you don't have to fucking worry about that. You well, know, you're well, going to get your three, four, yeah. five weeks out of George right. Kittle. That's so, exactly right. That's right. exactly right, D bro. That's, That's exactly right. Right, and then depending on the tight end premium too, because he's also been one of those guys. You know, in a two tight end premium league, he could have a ten catch game where he's just an absolute good. weak weak wrecker at the position. Right, we've seen those fifty. 55 point games from George Kittle. I know he's getting old in the tooth, but I was going to say the, the only tight ends that has that, that ceiling to actually just he's going to be after 30. Him. He's going to be older than 30. And so I think his value, even if he puts up another good George Kittle esque season, he's going to drop after this year. Hey, man, just like Stone Cold Steve That's Austin, fair. all the good years were after 30 anyway. So he'll be fine. Hey, no shade for me on that one. <laughs> I love it. All right, man. Let's get into questions. Texan Wolverine in two and two point tight end premium. We're starting thirteen super flex. It's an auction startup. I have two elite quarterbacks. I have Pitts, Andrews, and Goddard for just over sixty percent of my budget. How viable is continuing the tight end hoard since I can flex up to five? Mike, uh, Mike likes hoarding, um, so I'll let yes. Mike start off with this, and then I'm going to get to Debro's points here too. The fact that he already listed, though, he's got two elite quarterbacks. I don't even care about the tight end part. He got yes. that for under 60%. In auction startups, I've been a big proponent of, like, I will spend every bit of 60% of my budget just to get the two elite quarterbacks. So he is off mm -hmm. to a phenomenal start because he's got two elite quarterbacks, and he also has two elite tight ends and one pretty good one in Dallas Cotter. Um, I don't know if I'm going to continue to hoard it, right? Like, I already got three. It's a lineup league. Uh, I know it's start two tight end, or you know, it's the uh, the two tight end premium. So it is you can flex these guys at a decent enough clip. I just never, you never really feel good about it, do you? Like you're never gonna feel good about putting putting Goddard in the flex spot if you had a wide receiver of comparable value. You're like, ah, oh, shit, Goddard can only catch two passes for 15 yards and not score a touchdown, and he doesn't do shit for me. It doesn't right. really matter. But you always feel better about the comparable player, even in those higher premium. Because it's lineup, like I'm, I'm probably not hoarding tight ends anymore, Adam. Just my opinion here to this question. I'm gonna stop if I'm just over sixty percent. I'm in a great position. My tight end room's locked up. My quarterback room is good. I just need to find a third one. I'm just gonna go start filling in wide receivers and running backs. I'm, I'm, I 
pretty much agree. I think the only di- the only thing I would say is um, I'm comfortable doing it for one of these rookies that I might be able to just make the horde Ooh, deeper for if it's if it's cheap enough. It's all going to be subject to price at this point. Like like Sammy Laporta only. If costs I can get like Laporta for, can we just talk about the same damn trade? Get Dallas Goddard and trade him for Laporta and plus. Like yeah. Yes, exactly. Exactly. To me, I'm like, you don't continue to hoard. If anything, I want you to pare down. You keep Pitts and Andrews, and you trade Goddard for for two two usable pieces, and let somebody overpay for tight end premium. Right. That that that's exactly the point. It, right now, you're already in a hoard enough where you can keep the two elite ones and trade Goddard to someone that's desperate. Right. So you don't yep. need to keep leaning into it. However, if it's cheap enough, where you're going to get Laporta at two three percent budget, you're going to get you know some of these rookie tight ends that might fall through the cracks because people have. Um, spent their budget elsewhere like I'll do it but I'm not I'm not actively looking to say okay let me go get you know George Kittle now too let me go get Michael Mayer now too if they fall to you at the at the spot which makes sense monetarily go ahead and lean into it but I would not actively be looking to add more tight ends with the 40 percent you have if that makes uh, sense I, I I adamantly agree I would not be looking to add anything if anything I'd be looking to move Goddard Probably not right now if you're still in like the middle of that auction startup. You probably exactly. do that after, and then people start freaking out. Or you do it – you don't even do it after. I think you do it towards the later part of the auction when people start looking at that starting lineups. And while you're like, ain't nobody setting a starting lineup. It's freaking <laughs> right. May. I don't right. give a shit about that. But the person that's like, man, all my tight ends suck, and we got 2.0 for tight end premium. <laughs> then you go find that person and you trade him Gallus Goddard at towards the end of the startup when they start kind of staring and peering at that starting lineup and saying, "Well, I thought it was good, but it ain't that good now." <laughs> shout that- out to shout out to Koopa for the warp tool, right? And this is a South Harmon FF plug, but you could pull up the settings, man. Two tight end, two tight end premium lineup league. What he's talking about here. I mean, Dallas Goddard, we're probably projecting somewhere in that like six to nine tight end range. Like that's a good year for Dallas Goddard. Yep. It's worth basically a wide receiver too, man, warp-wise. Correct. Even in a 2.0. Like, it's not as good as you think in your head and not as good as what people project. So if anybody out there goes, oh, man, you got three tight ends, what's it take for Dallas Goddard? Give me a wide receiver two and a plus. Like, that's the horde part or the leverage part that I would take every single time. Give me yep. Brandon Ayuk in a second. And Dallas Goddard, cheers. No questions about it. Here you go. I'd even Have do Ayuk straight up. I would, I would, I would absolutely do Ayuk straight thing, up, if, but I want to leverage Goddard, that just a little bit in people's minds. Yeah, because if, if Goddard doesn't perform at that wide receiver two level, because here's the other thing, A.J. Brown, Devonta Smith, second year of that offense. A.J., I mean, Devonta Smith, we saw actualize more of that passing attack down the stretch. Right. I want to say over the final few weeks, he actually out-targeted A.J. Brown and had more of the air yard percentage. Um, but looking at that, hell no, man, like, I'd rather make the bet that Dallas Goddard's only give me wide receiver three production. If I could trade him straight up for a wide receiver two, I'd make that bet. Boom. I'm I'm hundred percent with you there, which is why I would not lean into it other than if they fall to you and you're like, this is just criminal value. I'm going to press the button to take them at value. All right. J dog 12 team Superflex PPR lineup. Start 10. Would you send Metcalf and Addison for AJ Brown? Ooh, this is interesting. This is interesting. No, 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 no. I don't hate DK as much as everybody else seems to hate DK. I guess I, I like DK, but I think fine. DK we we know what DK is at this point. He's a low end wide receiver too. Like that's what he's been outside of his rookie season. So, I mean, I mean, I'd rather take 
wide receiver two production out of him and maybe Addison over just to A.J. Brown for me. Because I, I think we saw the ceiling. Last year was, I think, the ceiling for A.J. Brown. I don't think it gets better than that. And I loved A.J. Brown last year. I would agree with the point you just made there, especially about like that's probably what his ceiling is because you, you've already seen Devontae Smith start to eat into target share. Now, one thing I do believe in A.J. Brown is we've we, the one thing we've actually seen is he's basically been able to be great with low volume. But to your point, like he's not going to be better than it was last year, I don't think, which he was great last year. Here, here's what I'll say, J-Dog. The only way I would make this trade is if you have stacked so much value that you're looking at such tough decisions at all of your flex spots and receivers to where you really can afford to make this up tier. And I, and, and I would maybe even see if I could get something back on the back end. Like, if you want to make this bet because you are so stack, stockpiled with depth, I understand doing it. But I will say, like, by and large, as a generic question on most of my teams, I'm going to say no to this. But if it's one of these teams where I've stacked, like, eight, nine receivers that are in the, you know, top 30, 35 in Dynasty, I can understand making the up tier. For me, by and large, though, I'd, I'd disagree with uh, sending this on most of my teams the way I play. So that's, I guess, I'll have another caveat here. Um, if you're going to make that upgrade, then don't, for me, and, and I'm going to go back to this, I think we saw the ceiling for A.J. Brown last year. If I'm going to make that type of upgrade, and I'm saying I want to get up to, I want to upgrade this spot, like whether you got enough depth to do that and sacrifice it. Maybe you lose a little bit of equity, but you gain a higher-end asset. I want one of these wide receivers that I don't think that we have seen the absolute ceiling of. A.J. Brown, I think we've seen that. But just to give uh, J-Dog a little bit of help here, like, for me, if you can even add to this package, like throw in like a 24-second, whatever, and get up to Chase, I would do that. Jefferson... I'm kind of worried about what Minnesota does with the quarterback situation. So I'm like, it's not that I hate Jefferson and that could work itself out, but guys in that same tier for AJ Brown, there's two that come to mind that I don't think we have seen the absolute ceiling for that. I don't want to trade and try to up tier for a guy that I don't think that the best. And, and this is kind of how I, how I rank dynasty too. Like I'm more aggressive on guys that I think that when we look back after the upcoming season, they have, either hit a new ceiling for production or they have continued to go up in dynasty ranks even though we thought maybe they were already kind of tier like topped out the two guys that come off to my like off the top of my head that i think you can make the same trade for but i would rather have i don't think that we have seen the best out of jalen waddle if tyreek hill takes a step back at all jalen waddle could be the one in that offense and not tyreek hill the other guy that I want to throw out, and I love him, I, I give zero shits. I want to try to get him anywhere I can because I think he's going to blow up this year, and I think it's going to be a lot of it. It's going to be because of touchdowns. I, I would make that up tier, and a lot of people won't agree with it, but I make the up tier for Amon Ross St. Brown. I think he's going to oh, catch yeah. I think Amon Ross is going to catch 115, 120 balls this year. I think he's going to have double-digit touchdowns. I think he's going to set the fucking world on fire. Like He's actually my dark horse wide receiver one overall. Ooh, Damn, I, I like that. We we hey, love Amon Ra here. By I'm the not way. gonna lie, Debro had me in the first half when he's talking about Jalen Waddle. I'm sitting here and I'm looking. I'm going like DK Metcalf, Jalen Waddle, yeah, same fucking thing to me. And then he hits me with the Amon Ra St. Brown and he pulls me right back in. Right back. He pulls in. me right back in. I'm back in. 
<laughs> this one you thought it couldn't get any better? It got there better. It, it got better. There <laughs> it is. I think there's only – this in context of what the question was, there's only two guys at the wide receiver position I would make that up tier for comfortably. Without what you said, Adam, knowing context of the team, like if DK is my wide receiver four or five and Addison's like my six or seven and I need to up tier in a lineup league – by all means, man, I'm going to shoot my shot on Lamb and Tyreek and A.J. Brown and Diggs and T. Higgins, Amon Ra, Devontae Adams. Like, I'm, I'm trying to jump up to here, right? I'm trying to get better production closer to 20 points per game. But it's Jefferson or Chase are the only ones just in the vacuum on that question where I go, yeah, I'm comfortable paying that to move up to them, and I do that all yeah. day. But I, I do agree with the Amon Ra thing. God, <clears throat> I love me some Amon Ra, man. I'm out here fighting Dude, a good he- fight on him. Dude, he's going to be so freaking good. And I've, I've been in our Discord for Fantasy Pros telling people, like, go. me and Ray talked about an Amon Ra trade uh, for my boy that I think he's actually in y'all's uh, DD Discord as well. Um, okay. But uh, he traded up for Amon Ra, and I was like, I'd been pounding the table, like, telling him to do that. Because, dude, like, when I look at Amon Ra's season last year, his red zone usage down the stretch – was absolutely freaking ridiculous. Like, I'd have to go back and pull it up, but, like, it skyrocketed. Um, And he's honestly, that's why I say, like, he is a guy that I think is going to flirt with double-digit touchdowns, and he has not been, like, a massive touchdown producer um, in his his career. But I think that he's going to show some people some stuff this year. I think he's going to hit a different, totally different ceiling compared to what we've seen before. I, yeah, he I, over his final nine games, he had 15 red zone targets. I want to say off the top of my head, that was top three at the position over that stretch. Ooh. Just total total for the year, he's number eight in red zone targets. Nobody yeah, would have guessed you, that. If you go and look at those game logs, right. it was like beginning of the year, giant drought. Holy shit. Yeah. Holy shit, right? He's got games of six, two, four. He's yep. got hit just at the back half right there. Like six, the Lions have been Johnson said, six, oh, touchdowns, six fucking red zone targets from Amon Ross St. Brown. And this is a guy you look at and you go, man, he only had six touchdowns last year. Right. Yep. He well, that a red and, zone threat. And I, I like Laporta quite a bit, year. but Laporta is not going to take away his red zone usage. Like Amon Ra clearly was a, a featured point in the red zone for them later in the year. I, he had, a, he, he basically had 150 targets last year too. Like this. Yep. Hawk just did round, leave round it up, late man. in the year, 150. too. It, it, That's it, what we're going to go with. Colson's going to get up there. He's going to get to 150, 160 this year. People sleeping yep. on it. It's going to happen. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you on Amon Ra. Um, I'll say this. Again, it, same thing with A.J. Brown. I, I would do it if I if I had the correct roster. If I could get to Chase or Jefferson, I'd personally do it just because I think they're so different. Um, but overall, those are two really good assets and dynasty at receiver that I still believe in. That's part of my hesitation. Like if you gave me two other different names and similar ranges, maybe, but I, I really believe in both those guys. So, uh, we got a super chat from TK thoughts on Ken Walker as my running back one. What should I be doing? I spammed offers for Pollard, uh, Stevenson, Jacob owners to pick up a second on top, but crickets. I, I, I'm not going to panic on Ken Walker. Now I do think that it's obviously not going to be what he was last year. I mean, they drafted Charbonnet, um, but he's also a great rusher. Like Ken Walker, I want like people need to understand he is a great rusher. Even if Charbonnet takes some of the workload away, that does not mean that Ken Walker goes to zero or this unusable asset in dynasty or in fantasy. So I, I think the panic level on Ken Walker should pause 
um, at a certain spot. So I don't know if you guys disagree with that or if you had a, a, other thoughts. Debra, I'll start Dude. with you. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> you're out on, you're out on I've Walker? Tra- I traded Ken Walker in two different leagues, and there are two guys in the same bucket, bo- both going into contract years. I traded Ken Walker for Cam Akers in a 24 first in one league. I traded Ken Walker for J.K. Dobbins in a 24 first in another league. I would still do both of those deals in a damn heartbeat. So would today. I. I would agree with oh, that yeah. totally. Oh, yeah. so, but to so, me, so, you tear down. That's yes. what I think you do with Kim yes. Walker. You get yourself a 24 first. You find a running back that people that consensus, like Dobbins, like Akers. If you project that 24 first to probably be like maybe a top three, maybe a top five pick, you could even talk me into trading Ken Walker. And I know this is going to be a name that people are going to probably hate, but if you're telling me that 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 24 first is a high high end first probably like teams just utter dog shit give me the 24 first and james cook i'd even take that a hundred percent i especially if the team's bad i would do that now right what, what i will say is this here um tk i think to debro's point which i fully agree with i think right here when you're you're trying to get to pollard stevenson jacobs I think you're too high on what you're trying to net back in the running back because like Pollard right now, because of Zeke being gone, right? Everyone's creaming their pants for Pollard. Stevenson is very hit or miss on how the, the community views him, but you're probably going to a Stevenson owner who still really believes in the guy. Jacobs is coming off the RB one season. This is not the teardown that you want to try to go to. I think Debro's right. Well, he's, go- trying to, he's trying to tear up. And the problem with that is, you can't take an asset that the entire dynasty community is down on and mm-hmm. try to use that to tear up. Correct. What you do is you flip that on its head and you tear down and to you a hated pick player. up the pick in the process. Yes. That's easy to do. What you're trying to do to tear up is not going to work. I, I mean, you could have told me that you were you were thinking about this and I would have told you that's not going to work. Right, because he's also trying to pick a second up on top, trying to get this old Ken Walker oh, value that's not happening. So, so no. to, to the point, right, go to a guy like Akers who everyone's so split on. Go – like if someone doesn't believe in Dobbins because of how up and down he was last year with the injury, even if you got to go lower, the point is get lower, get off Ken Walker, get a first, and then get the plus back. Because I'm telling you if it's a top – if it's a if it's a chance of a playoff miss – as a first, that in value alone is probably close to Walker. So the the, the cook, that running back that you're adding on top is probably what, where you win. But, Mike, what do you think? So to what you just said, right, in a lot of people's minds, you're trying to tear up and ask for a second. Yep. It's a non-starter for some people. A lot of people aren't even going to do this shit straight up. It just depends on how they rank them. And now I have them very different. I see one of the guys on there, like I have Jacobs above Kenneth Walker, and I'm not panicked on Kenneth Walker, but – I acknowledge the fact that Josh Jacobs is actually pretty damn good at scoring fantasy points for my team, so he's up there. Ramondre is a guy people like. Pollard, definitely a guy that people like. I will say this. You do need to tear down if you don't really feel good about Kenneth Walker. I'm not completely panicked on him, but he has taken a pretty big hit, Hmm. a big hit from when we were talking about him in October, November, as Dynasty RB1. Massive from that point. Just because I had of him where as a top was. five guy, I had him like right. RB RB four. Yep. So if you just cut out, right? Cut out Derrick Henry. In my opinion, I think it's probably because I'm higher on J.K. Dobbins, but that's a, a reasonable one to go try to see if you can quote unquote tear down. That's one of those ones where if you did it straight up, it wouldn't be the worst thing. But you get a second on top of it, holy hell, smash! Um, 
I think it really starts the conversation at like DeAndre Swift, Javante, Cam Akers, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, Alvin Kamara, like Joe Mixon, Damian Pierce. All these are guys that people have their own opinions on for whatever reason. But if you can get a second on top of those, I do it all the, all day, right? I'll give you Damian Ken Walker. Pierce, you Pier- I was gonna say Pierce was a great one you mentioned Pierce, there, Mike. Pierce, Pierce, Acres, and Dobbins. That's the three guys that I would go out to the league and target those three guys because I feel I feel really good about their projected workloads this year. I also feel really good about the fact that if you tear down, if they blow right. up, you just flip them. So you basically, you could, in season, if Akers, Dobbins, and Pierce are rolling, steamrolling people with volume, go trade them in season for a 24 first. You just turned, if you would have tried to trade Ken Walker for two 24 firsts straight up, everybody would have laughed your ass out of the league. But you can actually accomplish that by doing this type of stuff. Yeah, I'm going to give you one more that's further down, and it speaks to the point to wrap up everything we said earlier about seconds. I think that Tank Bigsby right now is so split. Like There are people that are starting to buy into him that he's going to take away workload from ETN, and there's some people that are just ETN stands. <laughs> so if you get an owner that took ETN or uh, Tank Adam, Bigsby, let's say – Adam, out there at Twitter. It ain't, it ain't some people. It's everybody's no. an ETN stand, brother. <laughs> and, they, well, and they want blood good. right now, okay? Just, and let just me say, to let you know. <laughs> Good, good. More for me and you. You want some? Um, I want my Tank Bigsby share. So if someone took Tank Bigsby, let's say in the late second, and probably isn't feeling all that gravy about it, you take their 24 first and that Tank Bigsby they probably don't even love right now, and you give them that Ken Walker, let let the bomb go to them because Tank Bigsby has upside at least for this season and forward. And that 24 first, if someone's making the bet right now where they're giving a running back and that 24 first, their team has to be either bulletproof or they're someone I would have been against. So I, I, I'm 100% yep. with you guys here. I, I was yeah. going to say, too, like I have another tier after that where like those guys were that running back in the second. I'll take that tier down. But there's another tier of running backs in the first and tank, Tank's big piece in that one. It's with A-Chain, Miller, Gibson, Charbonnet, Tank, Roshan, Miles Sanders, Rashad White, James Cook to what Debro said. You give me a first on top of it, enjoy your Kenneth Walker. I'll help him pack his shit get the fuck off my teeth. Yep. Yeah, he- I'll, I'll throw two other unsexier names out of there. One, because he's old, but he's still really damn good. I would take a Aaron Jones in a 24 first, and mm-hmm. I would honestly yeah. even take David Montgomery in a 24 first because, I mean, look, Jameer Gibbs is going to be good. David Montgomery is still going to have a damn role in this backfield. He could be an RB2 this year, and he's sewed up in that backfield for the next two seasons. So yeah, We just saw what Jamal Williams did in that backfield. I know. Right, right. Everybody's like, ah, David dead. I'm like, dude, did y'all just saw what Jamal Williams, like, right. I like Swaggy. I love him as a person. Yes. But as an NFL player, there ain't nothing special about that at all. And now you got David Montgomery in Jameer Gibbs' wheelhouse for the next two years. He's going to score touchdowns, dude. He's going to score touchdowns. He's going to be an RB2 slash RB3. He's going to be a startable piece for you and probably a really good one for the next two years. But nobody wants to hear about that because, you know, Dave Montgomery's bad. So, <laughs> oh, All right, we got a super chat from Cody. Um, so I'm going to get to that first. So where are the targets going? So more for Gibbs, J-Mo back after week six, and Laporta is supposed to be good. How does this happen and, and everyone else not move down? So this question, I'm, I'm thinking he's talking about the Detroit offense, and he's saying uh, where are the targets going. 
I'm assuming this is about Laporta, Mike. Uh, are are you reading? I mean, we, we've seen some Cody Lewis stuff that doesn't have to make sense. Maybe I'm just not reading it right. Mike, I, th- I think he's I think really Kevin. like trying to ask y'all what the, how do we see this target tree? The target share in Detroit, yeah. Like okay. not everybody can catch passes. If we love everybody, somebody's got to fall, right? And I'm like, that's fair. That's the way I'm reading this, and what I will push back and say about this, Cody. Laporta getting 90 targets puts him probably top 12, top 10 tight end. 90 targets is not a whole lot in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at this offense, they actually shifted more to the pass down the stretch. Gibbs is really the one that needs those targets. Jay, I mean, like, this is a really consolidated passing attack. If you look at this, like, say JMO and Amon Ra get 50% of the target share. Like, and that's probably what you're going to look like when all those guys are still on the field. Okay, Laporta, considering get 15 to 18%, and he could be one of the best damn tight ends in fantasy. Okay, so now we're staring at 68%. Jameer Gibbs getting 15% target share is going to be absolutely fantastic, and the rest of the people in that offense get scraps. Like, that's, I mean... All of these guys can coexist. It's not that we love everybody, but if you if you break it all down, yeah, you could definitely love everybody. Like, targets are earned. Targets go to good players. The good players in this offense, if they earn targets, then all the other parts and scraps and whatever. I mean, look at Miami last year. Everybody's like, well, somebody else got to emerge. Well, shit, no. Jalen Waddle and Tyreek Hill are going to sit here and get 60% of the target share because they're just that damn good. So... This can coexist fine. Like, I'm not worried about all that. Yeah. What, what, what you just said here, he listed off three players, right? Gibbs, J-Mo, Laporta, right? J-Mo mm-hmm. not till after week six because of the suspension. You look at the Lions targets last year, man, and I'm not a target share or the whole uh, vacated targets, you know, the thing that goes around on Twitter, which is kind of funny to, to watch. But this is just <laughs> the way the targets broke down last year. We talked about Amara, 150, 146 to be exact. But DeAndre Swift, 70 targets. Right, Jameer Gibbs, you can easily just slide that right in, right? Just boop. All right, here we go. We just replace them one for one. We're fine there. Khalif fucking Raymond, 64 targets. Josh Reynolds, 59 targets. And DJ Chark, 52 targets. I listed off four players with over 50 targets. You're talking about putting three in here and wondering if we have enough to go around. I think the the thing is we do have more than enough to go around. Well, that doesn't like, even count Brock Wright like, having 24 targets his damn self. Damn it! You know th- th- this is why um, when you get me surrounded, like I'm, I'm sandwiched between Mike and Debro. Like I, there's nothing speaking of scraps for me to pick up. Like they already cleaned up. Like I'm, I'm the uh, Adam. You, know, you the can Khalif talk about Raymond. Marvin Jones. We left you, Marvin Jones. <laughs> I mean, right? Damn, there you man, go. that's some Marvin Jones shade. I didn't think we were gonna get there, but now we got there fast. Well. If I'm the Marvin Jones, then I guess you know it's it's equivalent, and it makes sense to shade Marvin Jones. (laughs) (laughs) I'm out here, I'm out here feeding on the scraps. But but the point is though, like I was gonna say everything that Mike did about the other target earners in the past. This is an offense that has been showing you they want to have all these playmakers, and if they do have those four that are heavy consolidated into the targets, I think that what that shows also is another reason why. As much as Mike and I like the the prospect of JMO before the injury, while with all the stuff he had last year in his rookie year, not playing much, and now with the suspension, like look at it seriously. Even if we consolidate it, he's going to probably be the fourth dog in this offense, and for what that means 
to fantasy purposes, I'm I'm not as in on him as I once probably was. So that that's another good point about JMO. Let me just uh, try to get something that they didn't say. So uh, we got one more super chat here. Um, all right, so we're half startup rebuild, twelve team, eleven uh, PPR. So we got Kyler and A Rich at quarterback. I traded back a ton. He has six 24 first, so he's got half of these things. Uh, and he's got he's got Fryer Muth. Reasonable wide receivers, Addison, Dotson, Deontay, Bateman, Elijah Moore, and Reed. Um, okay, so he got two of two because that was the super chat. Two of two was offered Pitts, Najee, and Flowers for Kyler Murray. Felt I couldn't refuse. Uh, it's a 1.5 tight end premium. Now quarterbacks two and three are Pickett and Mac. Good trade. Did I wreck my build? Should I sell Najee to keep the tank or use some DC to compete? So this is a a comp, this is a detailed question with a lot of moving parts. Mike, go ahead and start us off. So um, I don't know if you need me to pull up that one or two just to give you the context as well. No, I'm I'm looking at it. So did he have? And you can let us know, Simon, in the chat. Did, he had the Kyler slash A Rich. So it was like his Correct. choice between the two. No, so I'm yeah. first off. The way I was reading or, that was yeah, he had both. both of these guys. He has both of these guys. guys. That, yeah. that's he's got both man. of them. Holy shit. Well, what he had start. both of them, but he did say that he traded Kyler, though. So he traded Kyler I, for Pitts and Ajay and Flowers. I like that trade. I'll jump out in front here. I like that trade. I mean, you just you got two maybe foundational pieces in Flowers and Pitts. If Flowers becomes what you think he can become, which I think he can, with Kyler. I mean, here's the thing. You ain't winning how, shit this year, Simon. You know that. But here's the thing: how the, hell, how the hell did he pull this off? Is what I want. I don't know. That's, a, that's of, a fantastic how trade. Do you walk I out agree. Of it with with, with it, no matter what you think about Kyler, in my opinion, I think he's still a top twelve dynasty quarterback. Right? You can make the bet on him; it's risky, the whole thing. But there's not a lot of other dudes where I'm going to go like, oh yeah, I'll put them over Kyler pretty easily. But he walked out with a rich Kyler six first. A decent enough core, like he's got a tight end seven, eight, nine, whatever. That yeah, you and want young to core he's receivers, got, right? And he's got some young wide receivers that are at least threshold wide receivers. These aren't junky ones where you go; these are the the Scott kind of roster cloggers, right? He walks out of it and he and he comes out with six first on top of it. Yes, like I as much as I will in a vacuum, no. Would I take this for Kyler without knowing the scenario? No, nah, I'm good, man, because it's still a quarterback. It's still a good enough quarterback. I, I would take it for Kyler. But I will take it for Kyler when he's sitting here. He's got A. Rich still left. He's got Pickett. He's got Mac Jones at quarterback. He's got six firsts if he wants to up-tier any one of those in the next few months to go to a an elite quarterback to pay with pair with A. Rich and just run Pickett or Mac as your QB3. Hell yes. And you got a running back. He, he didn't list off any running backs until that trade in. Whatever you want to think about Najee Harris, he's still a guy, at least in the running back landscape, that's a guy I'm going to start every single week but, as long as he's healthy. And I'm just going to try to find whoever the hell I can fill in at RB2. I got some decent enough receivers. And I still have all of this fucking draft capital just sitting there going, hey, if the season goes bad, who gives a shit? I'm loaded next year. Or if the team starts out and I'm 4-2 and two by week 6, I go, Hell, I got six first. I might push some of these in. Let me try to up tier. Let me what? go try to get some studs. Let me go try what? to buy these running backs from the teams that are obviously not very good. The the thing that I think though, to bring both of you together again on this is where, okay, like in, in a vacuum, just value wise. Let, let's take even with Superflex included, Mike. Like I know what you're saying, you won't take it, but like if you told me someone's oh, giving I'd... you pits, Najee and Flowers, like value wise, that makes sense. But I know why you're Dude. saying no is because. 
how do I get the quarterback back? Here's the reality, though. If you take six first in the 24 class, like even if, even if you're telling me that you think that they're 107 to 112, we know for facts that variance is not going to let that happen. Plus, one no. of them's your own, right? You're going to replace the quarterback, and maybe even two, with these six first. And then you got the tight end that everybody still wants, whether they will, like, you see it right back here. I know you see it. Kyle Pitts is a unicorn. He, there he is. You got him. You got Flowers. You got uh, Najee. Like, I think you accomplished everything you wanted in the startup, and then you. this is a great trade. Like, based on what Dude, you've built, this is a great trade, man. This, this really this is. Trade is. This trade is insane, and I'm only going to break it down like this. To get Kyle Pitts on your roster, you're going to have to give somebody a first plus. So let's just call it for what it is, like a first and a second. Yep. To get Najee, you're going to have to give somebody probably a first, maybe a first and a second. To get Flowers, he's a first-round pick. That's three firsts and two seconds. So let's just roll that in. You just basically got four cool. fucking firsts for Kyler Murray. That is a smash Zebra. and oh a damn. Zebra just half. went fucking old school on us, man. That's how we he break just down. he just he used to break he down just took you out, Mike, with the old he way, just, man. He kneecapped the shit. It's out of four me. firsts, dude. Like that's that's it, auto accept, like. You're like, yeah, good. Dude. I think this deal is really good for both of us. Then you put the phone down, and you're like, ah! <laughs> because like that, well, that's awesome. The best awesome. part is, at minimum, like at minimum, it's three firsts and two seconds, right? <laughs> yes. And when you're saying it's four firsts in value, but the point is, like, if you get three firsts for Kyler, that's you're already at the you're point never, of you're, never getting you're already at the point of probably just moving, even if they're liquid first and you don't know what it's going to be. You get pits though, and now the thing about pits is, yeah, you can probably buy for a first and a second depreciated, but there are people that are staunch believers in pits, and in the tight end yep. landscape we talked about with those other guys, pits is the difference maker here for me, right? Like, if you don't want to sell for three first because you're not sure how you're going to get your quarterback back, fine. Pits makes it the big difference maker for me. I'm doing this. I think Simon, you killed it personally. So uh, you killed this whole thing, man. For the minute this, this startup is, started, this is absolutely God, fantastic. Simon's been on the heater. Dude, the other thing, Simon, I'll say with this, man, there's no way in that 24 class what the other way you can keep flipping this, man, is you walk away, like, say, I have no clue where those 24 firsts are, but say you walk away with Caleb and Drake, like, two of those are top three, and you got A-Rich, then, I mean, screw it. Like, you could even trade A-Rich for a haul and keep keep rolling it over, man. You can, yes. You've got so much equity here. That this is this is this is exactly how you rebuild. This is how you build just a monster that nobody wants to do anything with. And right now, the other the other corresponding moves that I would tell you to make right now, Deontay Pittsburgh can get out from his contract after this year. Trade him in season if he rebounds. Yep. Elijah Moore, if he does not rebound right now, I would honestly trade his ass straight up for a twenty four second. If I could get that, and I don't give a shit where the second is. I trade him for a twenty four second. And I'm only going to say this, and and regardless of how everybody feels, and I don't know how you guys feel about Elijah Moore, tell me this. When was the last time we saw a guy flame out with a team that invested capital in him, and then he ended up bouncing back and being a really good dynasty player? Somebody answer that question. If y'all can think of any names, I'll sit here and eat crow. But... I, I don't have I don't have a I don't have a historical data point for that. I do not. I will admit that. Because um, most of the time, those guys like 
it is another data point that we need to listen to that the NFL tells us that how about how about Christian said, Kirk? Christian Kirk actually is a decent one. That's he a decent a free comp. agent. He he left as a free agent. It's different. Arizona didn't didn't ransack and trade him away. True. Well, the, the, the name you're looking for, Mike, is Andy Isabella. But oh, wow. <laughs> Dante Pettis. Dante Pettis, second no, round wide receiver. Went trash, didn't do anything. Well, I'm done with like, it. This is another game point we need to sit here and take in and say that team invested draft capital. He flamed out whatever it is. He flamed out. That doesn't usually correspond with a guy making a rebound. It's Fair. That well, I would say as a bet as a whole, and what historical data shows us, Elijah Moore is a bad bet. I, I will say though, Very bad. Elijah Moore, at least if you're gonna if you're going to make the bad bet, I would say that the reason why is in his rookie season towards the end, he was showing like the promise. It, it felt like last year, I, I think what he did was to his own detriment in asking for a trade when you haven't really done anything to ask and demand a trade. And at that point forward, I think his career in his second year was sabotaged with the Jets, which to the point Debro's making, that does make him someone to bet against. But talent-wise, like he's going to a situation where I still think he could take over the number two role with Watson. But again, like on this build specifically, if you're going to re-roll out of Elijah Moore for a 24-second, I'm 100% with you. I also think that there's a scenario where Elijah Moore ends up being an outlier. But as a whole, I don't want to bet on outliers too much. So I, I, I don't have – I, I like Elijah way. Moore, but I don't have staunch way to, to disagree with you. Even as an outlier – okay, well, let's, let's play the rosy case for Elijah Moore. Okay. He rebounds and has a good season. And I'm saying good season, let's be realistic. Wide receiver three season. What are you realistically getting for him, even in a trade, even if he does rebound? Like, and even in that scenario, mm-hmm. I'd be like, yeah, man, I'll still take the 24 second. Like, even what a, an Elijah Moore rebound probably looks like, probably doesn't help his trade value that much, to be honest. Yeah, well, I think the reason the 24 second makes most sense to cash out for is because, like, okay, look. Let's say he actually has a true rebound. Like, let's say he's a uh, high-end wide receiver three, low-end wide receiver two. Like, that's probably what a okay. rebound looks like. Is that fair? Like a twenty-four that's that's, to thirty range. That's the high-end range of his outcomes. But I'll, I'll give you that. Like that. That's fine. I agree. Like, well, let's just like let's say top tip top five percent outcome, three percent outcome. He's yes. a wide receiver two. Yeah, and, and back end, right? Like yeah, yeah. wide what receiver he, 20 to 30, right? I would say the reason I agree with the second part is because at that point, maybe you get a second and a plus or you get two seconds at absolute most. Like that's maybe also using, best. again, the highest end of the highest end of trade and his outcomes. I'd say the best, in, the best that you're probably hoping for for his equity to rebound would be a 24 second and a 25 second. Is pr- is my I would guess. agree. I would agree. I would agree. I don't think you would ever in any rational outcomes for Elijah Moore this year get anywhere close to a 24 first. No, I, I also I would also agree with that. You're not going to get a first out of him. Like even if his production is wide receiver 24 to 20, you're not getting a first probably. So nope. that, that that's where I think the 24 seconds is not that bad because I think you at, at – most you probably lose a second in value and that's on the high end upside like if it all hits and, and the reality plus, the, and the reality is got out way ahead of time 
the reality is right. The reward does not outweigh the risk because Elijah Moore, if he doesn't, let, let's say he's wide receiver four on this offense, like or the fourth piece. So let's say it's uh, Amari Cooper still is the one. Let's say that DJ Moore or uh, DPJ is the two. I'm sorry, and that now you have you know Njoku is the three. Elijah Moore's okay, but he's the fourth piece in this offense. You have lost every piece of what that second was worth. You're not getting the second I, out. This hurts because I do love Elijah Moore. I've loved him since he came into the league. Stuck by him. It, it is making me reevaluate it though. To to be honest and. Best case scenario, though, what you guys are talking about, like best case, and I threw it out earlier, it's it's best case I'm looking at a Christian Kirk, but logically, more than likely, what could happen and where he would be at realistically if he doesn't do anything this year or anything worth a shit, it's Chase Claypool, man. You, you went from a guy who staunchly believed in That's Chase Claypool too. to That's now this is a dude who's like a 16th, 17th round roster clogger wide receiver you throw on your rosters. And even even in all the best ball leagues we do, like Adam, I'll, I'll have Chase Claypool on my roster, but he doesn't mean shit to me. <laughs> like that's You just would throw him into a I, deal as a throw-in, easy. I, I throw him into a deal in a heartbeat or like – you know, if if I feel the deal's close and I just need something else back, it's like give me Chase Claypool. It's not that I even fucking like him. Just give me something. Maybe he has one week where he makes my lineup in a best ball league. But in a in a lineup league, he means nothing. Absolutely nothing. So those are your range of outcomes when we're talking about Elijah Moore, and those are some scary fucking ranges, right? Or or he turns into Gabe Davis. Or he turns into Gabe Davis. Yes, Gabe Davis. Boomer bust uh, to the moon, right? Like just yep. where if you got too. him, you're holding him because ain't nobody trading for him. That's right. that's actually a fair uh, middle ground too. Like, yeah, he's got some uh, boom bust potential in that offense with Watson, right. but in lineup, like how 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 often are you feeling great starting him? Because Never. you st- you probably start him off of the boom week, right? And then you know a bust week's coming, and then. He comes off of two or three bus weeks, and you don't want to start him, and you have the boom week on your bench. That's the worst thing. All, that happens all I all the realized time. is there's there's no fucking reason I should have Elijah Moore ranked ahead of Rashad Bateman, even as, no. as scary as Hell Oh no. my god, Mike. yeah, I know, I know, Michael. Full what transparency and honesty on this show is what I do, man. I'm looking <laughs> at it, and I'm Lord. going, "What the fuck was I? Doing? I didn't. Why I, do I you never hate did that. Rashad Bateman, Jesus. All right, you know what? We're gonna we're gonna do the what. Then we're going to do the Rashad Bateman thing, and we're going to answer one more question before we get out of here because uh, the Rashad Bateman thing has to happen. I, I, I fully agree because I will say, Debro, I'm with you 100%, but I also think that we have to at least admit that the same things could happen on Bateman, although he's still on the same team, if he doesn't do well this season. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I want to hear your, your thoughts on Bateman because I know this is a juicy one for a lot of people. I think Bateman <laughs> is now to the point where – like people are either hella in on him or hella out on him, and I want to know, I want to know the inside because I'm in on Bateman still, but I want to know Debro's side on this. I'm I'm all in, dude. I have Bateman on so many damn dynasty rosters, it's ridiculous, and I'm not selling him for shit right now. Like I firmly believe it. Like I'm I'm all in. I got both feet firmly planted, and this is because when we have seen because okay, so we we talked about Elijah Moore. Rashad Bateman hadn't shit the bed. Rashad Bateman hasn't sit here and asked for trades. And Rashad Bateman hadn't done all this kind of crazy shit. Okay, yeah, sure. he chirped at Eric DaCosta, but Eric DaCosta kind of seems like an asshole. I think <laughs> Eric DaCosta kind of felt he kind of needed that in his life. But fair. 
when you look at Rashad Bateman did last year, and I will push back again, I, I don't have sources inside of Baltimore. All I'm going to tell you is look at that damn depth chart last year, and there's no way that you could possibly even remotely conceive how Rashad Bateman, if he was fully healthy last year, would not have been a hundred percent route per drop back player. And he was not. So, and you couple this with, he only made it four weeks people before he hit the shelf. And then he tried to come back and then he hit the shelf for good. Fair. So I think even the sample we got out of Rashad Bateman last year was not even a fully healthy Rashad Bateman. So you're going to tell me that the guy in weeks one through four that was not possibly fully healthy, even if you want to tell me he was fully healthy, got almost a 20% target share, got got 30% of the air yards. He was fourth in yards per route run, only behind Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, and A.J. Brown. He was tied for first in yak per reception with Debo Samuel. These are really damn good numbers if people can't pick up on this. Even if... in and I've been talking to my dude Nick Whalen off air and stuff, and he was like, what about that 75-yarder he broke against Miami? Even if you take the 75-yarder. I saw yarder, this tweet. I saw this tweet. You take the 75-yarder out of the equation. Dude still had 1.8 yards per route run. That would have put him at 27th out of 72 wide receivers. He was right next to Devonta Smith in that metric. 1.8 is solid. That's wide receiver two type of production. True. This guy is really fucking talented. And this year, if I'm making a bet for a guy that could sit here and be the number one in this offense and chase Mark Andrews for targets on a weekly damn basis, Rashad Bateman is that damn dude. Zay Flowers, I love him. He's a rookie. We don't know how much 11 and 12 personnel that they are going to run this year. Their, two 12, their 12 personnel, two starting wide receivers, are going to be OBJ and Rashad Bateman. He is not coming off the damn field. Can't say that about Zay Flowers, although I think Zay Flowers can play outside. Wish they wouldn't even assign OBJ, but I get it. Yeah. OBJ is washed as shit. I, I, I'm sorry. It is what right. it is. It, it's last also... Time he, he, yep. Last time he played for the Rams, 15% target share, 1.2 yards per route run. These are wide receiver three slash fourth type of numbers. He lived off of touchdowns. Bateman has that damn talent, and the only reason he is being priced the way he is is because of injuries. The man can't help the fact that he got injured. He cannot help that he got injured and he came back, and the quarterback situation in Baltimore in his rookie season was total dog shit, and Tyler Huntley can't uh, throw throw an accurate pass. Sure. No, I, This I, year, Rashad Bateman is coming for those mentions, man. I'm just saying it. I'm putting it out there in the space. He's going to blow up. I think he's going to sit here and, and be really damn close to Mark Andrews. And just to put the cherry on top of this beautiful cake that I have baked for y'all, he was 11th in route win rate. So even on a per route Ooh. basis, he was top 12 in the NFL when he was on the field last year. You could take all the things away from this man that you want to in the counting stats. What he can perform and what he can control is how often he gets open on a route per route basis. The dude is fucking elite. Oh, Debro is out here spitting cold, hard facts and numbers. Mike, I, I want to hear your answer because you I know I, you, you asked for the smoke. So I gave you the I smoke, want, man. Listen, I, everybody wants to hear it. I, well, I don't know if everyone wants to hear it, but you had to hear it. Mike, what do you got? Listen, I mean, they can want to hear it or not hear it. It's inevitable. This is like Thanos, man. He's coming for it. I'm telling you. <laughs> I, I will say it was probably egregious to put Elijah Moore, but they were Thank very you. close. Thank you for at they, least they, defending that that's not 
a good it was, good it was, it was a it was egregious, but they were there was were a late night closer. decision, Mike. You might not have been sober, but damn it, I respect you for yeah. it. Looking at it, man, the fact that people hate Rashad Bateman so much makes me in on him. Right, he was on our YouTube banner, which was a damn death sentence for anybody who made it onto our That's YouTube. That's that is true. I, <laughs> that only, only like one, only one person made it out alive. Only one survived. Devonte Smith and everybody else was was uh, was killed along the way. Swift dead, <laughs> Acres dead, <laughs> Bateman dead. dead. Like if you made it on our YouTube banner, uh, it was Antonio Gibson you. dead. Antonio Gibson dead. I'm well, sorry. Fair, Antonio yeah. Gibson kind of hurt himself, but anyway. Yep. But Fight for another day. <laughs> Rashad Bateman going in the tenth round, early tenth round of startups right now. Tenth round. That's he's going late, behind. Man. He's Dang. going. He's going behind such such South Harmon favorites. And this is me being facetious as shit. As Mike Williams. Oh come <laughs> Jonathan on, Ming- Jonathan Mingo. Keenan Allen. God damn. Right? He's Mingo? going behind Mingo. What in the absolute shit are people doing, man? What? <laughs> I, so, who else? So who else? In, who else? In, in, yeah, Deontay Johnson and Jahan Dotson. So, in my defense, okay, mm. even though I ranked Elijah Moore ahead of him, which was egregious, I'm not as egregious as these fucking rankings or the, what people are actually doing in real startup. Asi- draft, aside so. from the damage to the boat, which we will aside, fix. Aside from that, aside from that, Dude. what'd you think? <laughs> I'm. I'm looking at dynasty startups right now. People are taking freaking Mike Evans over Rashad Bateman. Like, whoa. Yes. What are we doing here, man? With Baker Mayfield or Kyle Trask, <laughs> who, who look phenomenal in OTAs, I, man. They look they look great. Yeah, um, the video clip is so put up. But Baker this will, Mayfield <laughs> airing a six-yard pass. Somebody says, went for the mentions because they put Baker. is in mid-season form, baby. It's a beautiful thing. Oh. <laughs> Fizzle says that we uh we're making the Madden cover curse real again. Yeah. Um Jay Jackson says that we're putting people in the grave. All right. We're gonna do one question here before we get out of here because I know we're gonna get off the rails. We're, I mean we're already kind of off the rails, which has been awesome. But I, I want this question to be the one that we finish on. All right. This is not okay. league dependent. So I think it's a good one to talk about. Mike D bro. Do you want Gibbs and Jahan Dotson? Or do you want Amon Ross St. Brown? Let's say this is full PPR, just for the like full case of the matter. Because we know how much we love Amon Ra on this show. We've already discussed it, and I see people itching at their beards, which I knew was going to happen. So what side are we taking here, man? What side are we taking here? In, Mike, in, in, in a vacuum. In Mike, a vacuum. You off. You're taking this one. You're taking right. the first bullet. I'm not going for it. <laughs> I love this, man. This, this, this is a tough one. This really is a tough one. J-Dog, good question, man. This this hurts because <sighs> last year, Adam, you and I specifically got kicked right in the balls with the our immense teeth. love for running backs, yes, right? Yes. Wide receivers don't matter. It's all about running backs. And what happened? Running we backs lost. got hurt. Well, running in lineup, we lost for sure, right? We, we took outs. We took then what happens, man? We go to the draft. We go to the draft, and I'm going, okay, all right, I don't like running backs no more. We're going to get B. John Robinson, that's it. I'll be talking about Jameer Gibbs in the second round to a good spot, and I'll like him. But, you know, it is what it is. And then what happens? He goes to the Lions, and I'm going, well, definitely Swift's on the move. Fuck. And the more and more I look at Jameer Gibbs, the more and more I get back in, and the more and more I go, Jameer Gibbs is everything I always wanted DeAndre Swift to be, 
but healthy right now. Right now. Not and saying how his career is going to play out. a top 12 pick in the NFL a draft. top 12 pick in the NFL draft behind a fantastic offensive line. Right. I saw what Swift could do when he was healthy, and I don't even know if he was fully healthy most of those times because a lot of his usage was like they're babying the shit out of him. Right. I am so far back in on Jameer Gibbs, it's stupid. You put him up against a receiver on the same damn offense that I'm also very over consensus on. I'm just going to take the two for one, man. I'm going to take my shot with me being so in on Jameer Gibbs. The fact that I like Jahan Dotson, even though there's some metrics, and I mean, Scott talked about him and kind of just kicked me in the balls again about my Jahan Dotson today. His metrics are bad. (sighs) Doesn't scare you? It doesn't because then I see some other things. Like I see reception perception trees come out on him and I go, oh, this motherfucker can run routes. This guy wins. This guy does things. I love Jahan Dotson, but I love Jameer Gibbs so damn much more. You give me the two for one, it's a bailout for me. I'm taking Gibbs and Dotson. Now, if you told me straight up, I would tell you even as much as I love Gibbs, I think you're probably making a bad choice betting on the running back here over Amon Ra because he's so damn elite. But you give me the two-for-one out, I'm going to take Gibson Dotson, and All right. I'll take the hate off off it. D-Bro, D- D- talk to us, man. Is Mike right, so, or are you, you going to fight him? So, Mike, I, I, will, I will give you some, some push, or at least some love on Dotson here, okay? I talked about earlier about him, him flashing, um, at least over the back half of the season, what I thought was his – potential upside scenario so weeks 13 through through 18 last year he was 20th in target share 24 percent. he was third in end zone target share amongst all wide receivers okay 17th in weight, weighted opportunity and 13th in yards per route run those are really damn good numbers now i'm going to say this all to say that give me the best player in this damn trade i want amon raw i want amon raw Thank Give you. me the best, the best player in this trade. The one guy that I look at, and and I had to go pull up my damn dynasty ranks because I was like, shit, man, I think I'm ranking, I'm ranking Gibbs higher than I thought I would be. Um, but if I look at it straight up, like, and I know most of us are are, are, are super flex sickos, like right now, I got Amon Ross St. Brown as a top twenty player in dynasty. I that's like very, that's actually very fair. I, as much as I like Gibbs, I still got Gibbs going in the fourth round somewhere. Like I'm not going to draft him earlier than like the third or fourth round. And really, like, and I'm I say the third, third because if you're super high on that, but like yep. Yep. the fourth is where I have him. Like he's my 48th overall player. So for me, yeah, I'm still going Amonra. For me, this is take the best player in the damn trade. If Dotson turns out to be something, maybe I lose this on the back end. But if, if Amon Ross St. Brown turns in a top three or top five wide receiver season, I don't give a shit about it at all. The last part Debro said, well, I, first and foremost, let me say I think that Mikey make good points as well as Debro. But the last Mike, point. I just he, can't believe you, you You didn't go with Amon Ross. I'm a little bit disappointed. You know, with you. Sorry. Well, say that. this is what Mike Whatever. does. He, 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 Mike honestly likes he's, he's controversy. You know, yeah. He's he, he does. <laughs> he, he lives in that era. You know, he lives in the thrive against everybody that wants to say anything i'll say though the big thing for me here is right like if you told me in a vacuum mike right and you already said this at the beginning to debro's point at the at the end of his if you said mike it was amon ra for gibbs in a vacuum you take amon ra correct 
So you're yeah. going to take the two for one. Now all of a sudden, if that's the case, I'm betting on Jahan Dotson if I take the two for one because I don't want to take the one for one. You have to be in, full in on Jahan Dotson. And I'm, I am not – I love Dotson, but not that much. I'll be honest. And I think what Debro said there is if at the end of the day Dotson ends up smashing – Right. And that's why I lose. I can look back and say, man, I didn't believe in the player as much as I should have. And there was reasons that we don't know today that we know in the future. And I can I can kind of live with that. Mm-hmm. If I end up going with the two for one and don't really believe in Dotson. But I knew at the time I took Amon Ra ahead of Gibbs every time. Like that's going to kill me looking back. And that's where I think I split the difference here is that point of. Like, it's not that I hate Dotson. You guys probably already know if you listen to us long enough. I, I like Dotson, but just I don't I like, like him enough too. here. I don't like him enough here in this type of a big boy trade up high. That's, that's I guess, the best way I could do, explain it to you. Now, if it's best ball, I get it. But generically answering the question, I'm going to take the Amon Ross side. I, I will say this in my defense. I, I stick with what I say, too. Like, if, if you've got – a league with me and you have if you have if i have Alvin you'll Rod, take you have this Gibson, Dotson, you send it to me i'm taking it the reason i say it too is is you kind of touched on it d bro like there, there's no question for me Amon Ra's a top 20 player right he's a second round startup pick mm-hmm. in Superflex. no question round. about yep. it that's what that's where he should go jameer gibbs for me also not to your to to discredit you at all he's a third round startup pick for me and that's where people yeah, are taking and, the, right and now. i get that it depends on right. rankings. That depends on where right. you hundred percent. And I think, I think that 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 third or fourth round value also depends on where you you put the receivers versus those running backs too. So right. I value the receivers higher, so that pushes Gibbs down. So when I look at it from that whole thing, and back to how we used to value stuff with the the trade show, when we talk about it just in a vacuum, Adam, if you were telling me in a startup you're going to trade. A, I got to trade my mid second round startup pick for a mid third round startup pick, and I'm going to get an eighth rounder on top of it, which is where Jahan Dotson goes. I do it a hundred times out of a hundred, right? I just I make the pivot and I try to make the bet. Not that not that I think Dotson's ever going to be Amon Ra. That would be incredible, and it's not probably not going to happen. Okay, ninety nine point nine percent that ain't going to happen because Amon Ra is really good. But if he gives me seventy percent of Amon Ra and Jameer Gibbs does anything worth around a third-round startup pick, I smash this deal out of the park 100 times out of 100. No question about it. So that's why I'm always just – and it's it's not a two old players for one young player. It's nothing mm-hmm. like that. It's two young assets for another young asset, mm-hmm. which makes it all the more easier for me to go, I'll take the two for one. I'll make mm-hmm. the bet on the two guys actually producing similar to what Amara can. Now – if you get into league specifics, it's all over the place. In best ball, I smash this every single time. Sure. No questions about sure. it. I don't I don't ask you, Adam. I don't send you a DM going, what do you think about this? I take the two for one. In a start nine lineup league, different different conversation. That's where, much different conversation yeah, where true. I go, how many times would I actually feel good about pushing the button on John Dotson in the start nine? Not very many. Like he's a threshold wide receiver, but I'm only gonna start him maybe one, two times a year if I'm lucky. So very different conversation, but well, I still and I'll push the way the question is posed. Give me Gibbs and Dots. I'll push back against my own like like me taking Amon Ra here because I could see a scenario where if Gibbs goes out, he smashes this season. I think there's a very real scenario after this season that you could like 
trading Gibbs straight up for Amon Ra also wouldn't be a crazy thing. If he goes right. out and he absolutely just smashes the entire damn season, he's a top 10 running back. I think there's also a fair outcome here where trading Gibbs straight up for Amon Ra is, is, is a very easy thing and it's widely accepted and, and that's fine and that's good value or hell, maybe even people go to the Gibbs side. So if, if Dotson does anything in this trade, if he gives you woe in wide receiver two, high in three type of production, I could come out of that looking looking bad or, or losing value in the trade. But the other side of this is like, okay, if Gibbs gives you RB2 production and Dotson's a wide receiver three, then how are you feeling that you traded that you didn't have Amon Ra and he turned in another wide receiver one season, much less a top five or three season? You know, so it's ranges of outcomes. And this is where I think like at its very core, people especially that are new to Dynasty are so so wary about trading because we're all just shooting our shots. We're going with what the information that we have right now. You're trying to project forward, but that's still in an exact science. So in, in, in this, in what we know now, I'll take the best player in the deal, but I will absolutely concede that I, I could honestly lose out on that deal too. I, I think the way Debro said that too is definitely fair. Like and Mike, when I, when I say I'll take the, the Amonra side, it's, there is a scenario where let, let's say Dotson in the incomplete season we had in his rookie year, the stats that we look at don't add up to what he is next year, right? right. Like absolutely a thousand times he could be really good. He was a first round pick. We like the profile. But if you told me that's the difference and what I know today, I want the elite asset. Now to Debra's point, like if you tell me in a year from now, I'm looking stupid. I'm not going to say, man, that's shocking to me. But with what I know today, I want the best player in the deal, given that what makes it up is that it's Dotson. That that that's the way I look at it in a vacuum. So, because um, the other part about the this, Adam, is really... that we we hadn't even talked about that Sam Howell could be the great like hard cap that that's oh, put on no. this offense. We don't know yes. like yes. how yes. much they're going to pass. Right. We don't know what an Eric Bieniemy offense looks like. It could be great. It could be a total shit show. Like we 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 don't know. No, we have no clue. We haven't seen Eric so Bieniemy like, outside of Mahomes, right? Like Sam Howell could be good, but if they only throw the damn ball twenty five times a game, doesn't fucking matter, you know? So because Terry's going to eat a, a good amount of targets there too, a hundred percent with you, D, bro. Mike, uh, I th- I think what were you going to say? I think the, the craziest thing is where we went from Amon Ra. Well, this time last year. Right. You True. could buy Amon Ra for a late first. Right. I There's traded him away and I, I regret it on some of them, but that was early in the offseason before I did all the homework and I was like, What in the right. hell am I talking about? This guy's good. It was it was this time last year I'm out there bookmarking tweets on Twitter when DJ Chark, you know, signs and this is the death <laughs> oh, sentence for Amon Ra St. Brown, right? That's where we were at. But I think there is, as much as we sit here and we glow about Amon Ross, still within the community, there's still a little stink on him because he's a he wasn't a early draft pick, right? That draft capital stink still goes. It takes a while, man. Look how long it took for Stefan Diggs. And still sometimes he doesn't get all the flowers that he that he deserves, even though he just elite all the time, all the single time. Now it's, well, now he's too old. 
right now he's he's past the age threshold so stefan Diggs isn't in that elite territory anymore so there is a little bit of stink with amon ross still because of that draft capital but it's not as bad as it was last year i can't acknowledge that i just thought it was a funny thing to bring up when we talk about the difference between what amon ra does his second year you know he had a fantastic rookie year especially that back half the elite of the elite you can look at all the numbers there True. he was fantastic and then dj chark was the thing that was going to kill him right <laughs> it's over because dj chark's like Hawk, who got and, traded. and now we're sitting here we're having a conversation about a guy who goes in the first round of the 2023 draft as a running back which rarely happens anymore or amon ross st brown so very interesting can we can we also acknowledge the the slot only stink that uh, oh, JSN yes. is also having to deal with. Yep. Can yes. we get past this as a community? I don't give a flying fuck if you only play the slot. I do not care if your team runs a lot of three wide. I don't care. And the other part about this that comes with that slot only stinkification that treat people try to put Amon Ra with. This dude was first in PFF receiving grade against man coverage. He was eighth in yards per route run against man coverage. He is not only a slot wide receiver. He is, honestly, if you want to follow what I think is the closest comparable career arc to Amon Ra, when he came out, I was hoping for Jarvis Landry. What I feel like we are looking at right now is a guy that did not test extremely well. He garnered a shit ton of targets from the time that he stepped on the NFL field and now he can not only win from the slot but he can win outside Mm -hmm. it is not a bad narrative he legit is following the same career arc based off of what I look at as Cooper Cup oh shit you know what's funny though is Cooper Cup was talked about as only no, a slot op. Th- this Cooper is such Cup a was big point. About as a mid-round wide receiver, Cooper Cup was talked about as a guy that cannot beat press or man coverage outside. Well, Cooper it, Cup said, "Fuck that." You, yeah. Well, you know, it was funny because it was during the Matthew Stafford trade, right? So, if you remember, Cooper Cup was coming off a really good year. Jared Goff was the quarterback, and it was basically clear that McVay was over the Goff situation. They started running a bunch of twelve personnel. Right, And so the 12 personnel narrative was carrying over into the Matthew Stafford trade. And it put Robert Woods and Cooper Cup and startups kind of close in that offseason, which is going into the 2021 season. And it's so funny how when, when Stafford got there and McVay had his chance, like 12 personnel was not even close to the primary package. And it didn't matter. Like he could have played outside, yeah. but he can put him anywhere on the field when you're not running 12 personnel. And Cooper Cup has eaten since then. So um, I, I, I'm fully with you, Debro, about the uh, the slot thing. Like, first and foremost, even if they were a primary slot guy, like we've seen elite players get a bunch of slot looks in today's passing NFL. So we we already can admit at least that if even if that was the case, they can still thrive. But I don't. I don't know. I've watched a lot of Jackson Smith the Jigba as an Ohio guy and Ohio State fan. I I don't think the uh, slot only narrative is for him, but I do understand what people are are concerned with testing. I just I'm gonna put the the metrics that he has put onto the field higher than just the combine when he has eaten 
when uh, time has arisen for him. Bad at the combine though. Like somebody needs to come at me and tell me what did he do bad at the combine? Like I can't do that, but I can tell you people will on Twitter. Uh, if you no, want to put like, it on Twitter, but like, it, it'll happen. He ran out and ran a four or five. Everybody well, he, he, said it's because he, he didn't. He didn't test right he, on certain he, stuff. He tested as an elite athlete on short area agility. Correct. And it, if yes. if there is one position now, I give. I care immensely about testing metrics when it comes to tight ends. I think there is a bar for size, speed, and testing metrics for running backs that can hard cap your ceiling or prove that you are just a schmo. For wide receivers, if you go through all of the top wide receivers in the league, they're all over the map for testing metrics. All yes. of these dudes that come out and run a 4-2 and break the combine, your John Rosses, your Mecole Hardmans, Marquez Valdez-Scantling, all these guys that run super fast. Now, are there guys that can hit? Sure. Yes. Christian Watson, alien, baller football player. But if there is one position, one position I'm willing to sit here and fade some of the testing metrics, and this is not talking about Jackson Smith and Jigba because he tested perfectly freaking fine. There is not a problem with it right, at right, all. Right. It's wide receiver. Because it comes down to the, to the simple fact of – if you can get open, you know how to run routes, you have you have the ability, you are going to earn targets. Yep. If you can't run routes and you can't get open and it's all scheme production or what have you, then you're probably going to fall on your face. If there is one position, I'm willing to fade a little bit of the testing stuff and say, yes, this guy, Amon Ross and Brown, <laughs> can run a 4-6 and still be a freaking baller. You're damn right. It's wide receiver. Right, we didn't even touch on the slowest wide receiver, Keenan Allen, at his four seven six. Right, like it just, sometimes. It just by the way, happen. by the way, right. since we're talking about slot only wide receivers, I was talking Another. about dude Brad Whitefield from Fantasy Points earlier today, and I got to I was talking to him about just like Keenan Allen and the Chargers offense. Um, I threw this out there on Twitter when I talked about Quentin Johnston. I don't think anybody's willing to come to terms with the fact that Keenan Allen last year had 2.4 yards per route run as an outside wide receiver and had a 30% target per route run rate. But I hear he's only a slot wide receiver. So I guess we got to fade his old ass too. Fade him. He's too old, man. And he only runs a 4.76. He's God awful. It's horrible. It's just what it comes down to is there is reality and there are numbers and there are things that tell you how good of a player is. And then there is all the social media bullshit where people want to dive into narratives and they're just wrong. Man. See, see, and and the worst part about that though, Debra, why it's so true is this is conjecture season. Like from end of May, like once your rookie drafts are over until the start of the season, this is the peak bullshit season. So everybody watching, uh, you've heard long rants, great rants, don't buy into the bullshit, all right? That, that's the primary thing. Don't buy into the narratives that are not sticky. Um, someone's going to try to sell you on. Say, be careful of the content that you consume. Be mindful of the content that you consume. Damn it, D-Bro. That's a great plug at the end of this. Be mindful of the content you consume. That's 100% a ragey line that's so telling. fucking it's telling, true. man. It's so it's fucking so true. It's so telling because you can tell the people that are good in these dynasty streets and that are not. That's a thousand percent correct. Debro, man, listen, I, I cannot say this enough. We appreciate you hopping on. This has been a epic show, even though we uh we delayed everybody by the um you know, nine minute uh 
faux pas of last week. Listen, man, it, it was you know it was like some of these dynasty streets. People don't believe they saw the nine minute show. We came in here and this is this is over an hour and a half. This is an hour and forty five minute show. So D bro, you lived up to the hype. Um, I know there's nothing you need to plug because you're on our little stream, but we we sincerely appreciate you hopping on, man. It's been a blast kicking it with you, dog. Dude, thank y'all for having me. This was an absolute blast. Anytime y'all need somebody, just holler. I'm here. I'm in like Flynn. Uh, that ain't even a question. No, I'm. I feel glad that y'all decided to have my loud ass on here. So, I've never. It from the start of doing this all the way to today, it still surprises the shit out of me that anybody cares about anything that I have to say about anything. So y'all are sitting here thanking me as far too damn kind. Thank y'all for having me. Appreciate it. Absolutely, yeah, Mike. Appreciate you, man. I appreciate you coming on so much, man. Go check this guy out if you haven't already. He is a uh, – uh, you think it's entertaining on here, man. The Twitter follow is just as good. The Twitter follow. Mike, Y'all got to follow him on Twitter. Dude, sometimes I just like to – when I see bad narratives floating around, sometimes I, I just like to watch the world burn. I, I'll throw it out there. <laughs> I will say there was there, there was one time today when Debro was going into it, I was like, I saw, I, I saw him do this on Twitter, and I know where he's getting – and this is good stuff. It's entertaining. And it, it, uh, at minimum, go follow him on Twitter. But uh, he does great work for Fantasy Pros as a guy that, while humble um, and modest, does awesome work. I have followed everything. Every time him and Ray G collab, I am, I'm literally in waiting at my phone for it to drop. Oh. So um, make sure you're checking everything that D-Bro does out if you're here watching us. But, Mike, any, anything you got before we get out of here, buddy? No, just uh, another big thank you, Derek, for coming on. It's been incredible. It's You're one of those people that we get on and, you know, we can just vibe, right? It's just a vibe. We I don't didn't realize it was an hour and a half, dude. I was going to say. <laughs> Adam just hey, said it. I was like, Fizzle's out I, here. I feel like we're just getting warmed up. We're doing super I know. Fizzle. Bro, I could, I, I, I could go all night, but I'm sitting here like, and looking like, okay, we got D-Bro's time. And Fizzle, listen, the nine-minute thing, right? Like the one, the one pump and dump, you know, the – Nah, like, listen, man, we could do this, right? We we can go the distance. So so stop trying South Harmon. Stop trying the combo that we got here, the collab with D, bro. You know, man, that's uh, that's all I got though. Just big thank you. I knew I knew the vibe was good. The last episode, even though we only went nine minutes, it's because we got such a late start because we're sitting backstage and bullshit. <laughs> right, we we were too. Right? We were we were kicking we were. it backstage too for sure. So anytime you can get out and just chat football, chat ball, talk players, talk values, we don't have to agree about everything, but it's good to figure out that uh, I'm an idiot for ranking Elijah Moore way too high. And I'm sorry, Rashad Bateman, uh, but I will not be putting Rashad Bateman back on the YouTube banner this year because that's a death sentence. The Madden well, curse is yeah. We're going we're gonna to put right, shitty players man. we don't like out there. We're going to – the the banner's changing as a whole. Like it's not going to be players that we like a lot because we don't want to do that to them. Um Mike, stop. Last year, you faded Bateman, but you were right. This year, you're fading Bateman, but you're wrong. Okay, so just stop fading Bateman, and we'll be okay. Um, just D-Bro, put George Pickens on there. Just put put him on there. It's that's okay. what we need to do, okay. right? A player we don't actually like and just subject him to a death sentence. I love that yeah. from D-Bro. We are out of this thing. D-Bro, appreciate you hopping on. Everybody, appreciate you guys tapping in. See you same time, same place next week for the South Harmon AMA. We're out of this thing. Peace.